Hello, I'm Don Mockholtz, and you are listening to Looking Up with Don. This is the Looking Up with Don podcast, episode number 54, for the week of January 13th, 2021. The related website for this podcast is donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com, two H's. What's up in the sky this week? As our week begins on Wednesday, January 13th, the moon is new and you won't be able to see it. By the end of the week, Tuesday, January 19th, the moon will be 40% full, that is, not quite first quarter, in the evening sky. The moon will be south of Saturn on Wednesday, January 13th, then south of Jupiter, then south of Mercury over the next few hours. To see this, however, you have to be out shortly after sunset because Saturn sets only 45 minutes after the Sun. 10 minutes later, Jupiter sets, and 15 minutes later, Mercury sets. The Moon sets probably before even Saturn sets, that is, 45 minutes after the Sun, but this depends upon your longitude as the Moon moves relatively rapidly compared to the stars and planets on the night of Wednesday, January 13th. Mercury, which hangs out near the sun as seen from the Earth, makes a rare appearance in our evening sky. After this week, on January 24th, it will be best place for evening observation. But get out there now and watch it low in the southwestern sky after sunset. It will appear as a bright star. Mars continues high in our evening sky. By the end of this week, Mars passes less than 2 degrees north of the planet Uranus. You can follow this conjunction with Podcast 54, Map 3, which shows both Mars and Uranus. You will more than likely need binoculars or a telescope to see the fainter planet Uranus. Mars will be in the news again next month as several spacecraft will arrive at the planet. In our morning sky, Venus is within 20 degrees of the sun, creeping closer each day, and it rises about 60 minutes before sunrise. It is on the far side of the sun from us, very far away. Will you be able to see the International Space Station this week, which for our purposes begins Wednesday, January 13th through Tuesday, January the 19th? It all depends upon your location. The ISS appears as a bright, slow-moving star going across the sky with several minutes of visibility. And when a cargo ship comes up to the ISS to deliver more materials or when it leaves to come back to Earth, you might also see that not far away. This week we have six zones. All you need to know is your latitude. 
from north of 54 degrees north, you won't see it at all this week. You will see it next week, but not this week. Be patient. Between 35 and 54 degrees north, the International Space Station will be in your evening sky, sometimes twice per night. But you won't start seeing it until a few days into our week. Those up north, 50 to 54 degrees north, won't start seeing it until the 18th or 19th of January. Between 20 and 35 degrees north, the ISS is in your morning sky for the first day or two of the week. Then it shifts from the morning sky to the evening sky for the rest of the week. Between 10 and 20 degrees north, the ISS will be in both your morning and evening sky, but only for the first few days of this week through January 16th. From 20 degrees south to 10 degrees north, the equatorial zone, the International Space Station will be in your morning sky for much of the week, and then you will not see it at all. South of 20 degrees south, forget it. The ISS will not be in your sky at all this week. To determine where it will be in your sky, go to the website heavens-above.com and enter your location, then click on ISS. A new comet has been discovered with the Catalina Sky Survey at Mount Lemmon, Arizona. It has been named C slash 2021 A1, in parentheses the name Leonard. It's named Leonard after the astronomer who found it on the images. This comet is presently very far away, five astronomical units, as far away as the planet Jupiter. It will reach perihelion, its closest point to the sun, early next year, January 3rd, 2022, at a distance of 0.61 astronomical units. This is within our orbit, and the comet will even make a close passage of Venus. Presently, this comet is very faint, but it will brighten this year as it hangs in the northern sky. It will pass through the star group known as the Big Dipper, from March through May, and will stay in the constellation Ursa Major through October. At its brightest, Comet 2021 A1 Leonard will be in the morning sky, northern hemisphere, closing in on the sun, and then it will be lost in the solar glare. After perihelion on January 3rd of next year, it will become a southern hemisphere object. So how bright will the comet get? We have discussed several times this year with Comet Atlas and SWAN and then Neowise, a comet's brightness is difficult to predict. This comet is expected to be visible to the unaided eye, which means magnitude four or five, and it might be much brighter. Then another comet was discovered. This one by the NEOWISE satellite. It is designated C slash 2021 A2, and then in parentheses, 
Neowise. It was found deep in the southern hemisphere, and the comet is moving northward. We will talk more about this comet next week. Now for the comets that you can see this week. The positions, right ascension and declination of these comets can be found on Podcast 48 Comet Positions on my website. You can also get the positions of these comets from heavens-above.com. The moon is now entering the evening sky, so these comets will become harder to observe. Comet Howell, 88P, is magnitude 11. It is dimming in our southern evening sky. Periodic Comet Howell is plotted on Podcast 54, Maps 1 and 4. Comet 141P, Machos 2, continues in our evening sky, still holding on at magnitude 10 to 11. Moving north and eastward, it is now rather high in our evening sky. It is expected to be dimming soon. The comet is labeled on Podcast 54, Maps 1 and 4. Photos of this comet are posted on my website. This week, let us look at the moon with the unaided eye, binoculars, and a telescope. This project can be done anytime this week, but the earlier the better. The moon begins this week low in the southwest sky as evening twilight descends. Each night it sets about an hour later and is about 8 to 10% more illuminated. Normally, we look at the lit portion of the moon. That is where the sun is directly shining, illuminating the craters, the plains, and the mountains. That direct sunlight lights the moon up to the terminator, where the sunlight starts and ends. This week, we are going to do something different. We will examine something called Earth Shine. The locator is the terminator. Now look on the dark side of this borderline to see the Earth Shine, which is reflected sunshine. Why does this rhyme? Earth Shine is sunlight reflected from the Earth onto the moon and back to us. It is twice-reflected sunlight. It is most obvious when the moon is a thin crescent, such as in the evenings after new moon phase and in the mornings before new moon phase. And that is because of this. The phases of the earth and moon complement each other. When the moon is full, as seen from the earth, the earth is new as seen from the moon and is not easily visible from the moon. It is not reflecting much light onto the moon's surface. So when the moon is near new phase as seen from the earth, the earth seen from the moon is near full phase, casting a lot of light onto the moon. That is what is happening early this week as a thin crescent moon sits in our evening sky. How much light the Earth reflects onto the moon depends not just upon the phase, but the albedo of the Earth. How much light it reflects back into space. 
the Earth is 70% oceans, and water reflects the least amount of light. The ground reflects more, and what is it that reflects the most amount of light? Snow on the ground and clouds. So the amount of Earth shine varies in part because of what is happening on the Earth. The Earth's shine can also be imaged during a total solar eclipse, where the moon blocks out the sun. Only in the past decade or so have I seen total eclipse photos where the Earth's shine on the moon is visible, and this is usually done by combining two images, one long exposure to record the Earth's shine on the moon, and the other being a shorter exposure for the eclipse itself. Two more things. One, you can see the earth shine during the day, but with reduced contrast. Second, some amateur astronomers monitor the earth shine area with video cameras, looking for meteors hitting the moon. They have seen some. So let's study earth shine with the unaided eye, binoculars, and a telescope. With the unaided eye, the earth shine should be obvious. In fact, when you see it, you will recognize that this is something you have seen your whole life. But what can you really make out in the earth shine? Well, look carefully for the light and dark areas. The dark areas are the mari or seas, not really water seas, but dark lowlands filled with dark lava. Can you see some bright spots on the Earthshine part? Now let's turn binoculars to the Earthshine. You may get a 3D effect with binoculars since you're using two eyes. What can you see in the Earthshine through binoculars? Move the lit portion out of the field of view and you will see more of the Earthshine. The light and dark areas should be easily visible along with a fair number of craters. Note that there are no shadows cast by the mountains or craters because the light that is striking the moon is coming from our direction. If the earth shine looks weird to you, that may be why it does. This also happens during full moon, but then it is direct sunlight falling on the face of the moon. Through a telescope, you can more easily move the lit portion of the moon out of the field of view. Now look for specific craters and ray systems. Once again, with the reflected sunlight coming straight towards the moon from our direction, no shadows. To recap the podcast for this coming week, the moon is now in our evening sky growing from a thin crescent to nearly first quarter. The moon joins Jupiter, Saturn, and Mercury in the evening sky on Wednesday, January 13th, and will be above those three planets on the 14th. Mars and Uranus are closing in on each other. And get out and see some Earth shine on the moon. You have been listening to Looking Up With Dawn podcast episode number 54 for January 13th, 2021. I'm Don Mockles. Once again, the related website for this podcast is 
donmacholtz.com. That is spelled D-O-N-M-A-C-H-H-O-L-Z.com. Two H's. You can contact me at donTheAstronomer at gmail.com. Once again, that is donTheAstronomer at gmail.com. God willing and pod willing, I'll be back next week for another episode of Looking Up with Don. We will discuss what's up in the sky. I'll have new things for us to observe, and we'll take a good look at the moon. And it won't be the earth shine this time. All that and more. Thank you for listening. See the sky this week. I'll see you next week.